God knows what happens. Fucking Kyrie Irving could end up in LA. Fucking Kevin Durant could find his way back to like Philly or some bullshit. Like random shit could happen. It's like, bro, there's your championship winner. It's gone. Boom. Start waving a gun on Instagram. Exactly. That was a nice. Okay. Exactly. Hey, D. I'm just saying. Transition King is back, baby. He's back. Yo, so Don DeMarco. <laughs> we, we all been hit to the story for a little bit. And if you haven't, you probably lived under a rock. Uh, we know John Morant has an affinity for uh, his sidearm. And he's been putting it on the, on the web, on the internet. Uh, besides getting into all that, we got into that before. Um, but there's just something that's been coming up, which is like just this image of the, the gangster, the thug that's coming up and the way that uh, Black culture, Black American culture, um, how young men um, and women, you know, other people, but young men seem to lean into this um, stereotype or lean into this this construction or this construct, I should say. And what what do you think is behind that? Why do some people get passes for it? Uh, the conversation started because uh, Mook was talking about or showed a conversation that was happening online between how people, some people praise Tupac and other people, but at the same time, people slander John Morant, and uh, we had some dialogue about that. And I don't know if anybody else wanted to speak about it more before we got into this. Yeah, I, w- I want to add something. Um, when I was in college, I was reading this, like, sociology article, and it was about, like, why why are there, like, so many, like, Black people in the M- NBA, NFL, like, per- like per- major sports? Um, and what they said was, like, the overall kind of arching thing is that because, like, everyone tells them, like, that's the only way out. Mm. Like, if you're from, like, for example, my hometown, nobody really needs to be hard there. But, I mean, it, it gets a little sticky. But nonetheless, we got Andre Drummond. Great. Everyone's like, oh, Andre, yeah, it's awesome. But then there are people from my town who have opened up businesses and are who became lawyers or anything and things like that. And no one's like, oh, my God, that's great. Like, yeah, being a Black lawyer and stuff, like, I think that deserves to be applauded. But um, it, it doesn't get touted like it does for um, – for people of color and then of course society just perpetuates it where like it's like it feels like that's expected like that's the only way out you don't you don't see anybody doing anything because it's not promoted so you continue that cycle and i think that's kind of along the lines with the fake gangsterism one point i think i think that needs to be made on that and i think that leads into to t's point is i think in the society of immediate gratification i feel as if in sports that's where you get the immediate gratification where it's like what's the quickest way to just become a millionaire overnight becoming a professional athlete as soon as they get to that point they're millionaires their faces everywhere and things like that and it's the same thing you know them getting awards and things like that you know for being a great athlete getting scholarship just to see people people see your face and that's what I think leads into a point where it's like, you know, the businessmen, because it's a process to get to, obviously it's a process to get to become a professional athlete, but. Yeah, you know, I, I got to push back a little bit before you continue, because like those guys who are making it to the league when they're 19 and stuff, I wouldn't say it's the quickest because they've probably been on their grind since they were like oh, yeah, eight absolutely. years old, like working, yeah. working. So they put a, the same amount of hours that maybe somebody yeah, yeah, who's no. really intelligent and talented and starts their own business or. In terms of the gratification, in terms of, I would say in terms of the gratification, like Amazon doesn't happen overnight. 
but Amazon, you can't start Amazon at, at 10 years old. And then by the time you're 18 years old, you become a professional, you become a- You ever watch Shark Tank? This is uh, this little black girl, yo, she had a lemonade stand and that shit got invested in. And now she's like a multimillionaire. She goes to talks to schools and things like that. I just say that in the sense that the likelihood of being able to do something like that is probably higher than becoming a professional athlete. It yeah, is higher. Absolutely. It, is. it is higher. Yeah, I mean, it it's like higher. becoming a pref, uh, well, even making the NBA is like hitting the fucking lottery, right? So, yeah, absolutely, hitting the gym lottery. But like yeah. I said, but but the, the point you just made in terms of the fact that you said that, um, you know, like Andre Drummond's face is planted everywhere. Like, oh, like that's Andre Drummond. He's from our neighborhood and stuff like that. Like, could you name the, the, the girl off Shark Tape? Like, do you know her first name right now? No. Like, off the top. So yeah, that's and that goes to my that point being that, like, they're touted. Like, everyone's talking about them. Mm-hmm. That's, but that's what I'm talking about. It's more glorified. It's more glorified. Okay, my fault. Instant, in, instant glorification. Or even it's the accessibility of, of of playing basketball, right? Like, it's a cheap thing to do. You There's basketball courts everywhere in the inner city. You can pick up a basketball. You well, can go and do free. these things. But I mean, I, I understand that and I get that. But I'm saying in terms of like you said, like guys like Andre Drummond, I remember playing against him on the AAU circuit. But these are people that, like you said, you see a lot people like people as a society. We look up to these entertainers, these black entertainers. And as a child looking up to that, you're thinking, wow, I want to be like him or her someday. And maybe I need to I, I need to do that, right? Because this will bring my family. It's the narrative. It's the narrative of yeah, yeah, this yeah, is gonna bring but yeah, before. yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's it's that's, that narrative cool. of I gotta bring my family out of this circumstance, or the media is always portraying, hey, this 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 kid came from the projects and he is this, you know, superstar athlete. If he could do it. You can too. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it's always and it's that, always that, that story, the grind, the struggle, right? The grit of of getting by. And I want to get back to the the Tupac and Ja Morant situation because I know we were going on an instant gratification piece, but for me it's why is that why is that oftentimes looked at as being like that cool thing? Cuz for me I, I like, I don't know. Like, I went to um, a predominantly all-white school, right? I went to Weston, and, you know, I'm a civilian. I like to tell people I'm a good kid. I was I was not about the street life. I'm not a tough dude. But there was always this. I this, will call yeah, the cops. <laughs> I, no, I will call the cops on you. You do something, you steal, you shoot. I, I don't do prison time for anybody. I will call so the cops I, like, I will I'm, I'm very much so claustrophobic, so I ain't spending a second in jail. But... I say that in the sense of, you know, when a white kid saw me and, and, and wow, Rashawn came from Boston, they automatically go to this situation of, wow, he's from the projects, you know, he, you know, he probably grew up in a single parent household, this, you know, this and that, like, I grew up in a neighborhood, but a lot of the stuff that I did didn't subscribe to some of the shit, some of the friends that families are really about that life. I never subscribe to that shit. Like I get, I, I respect the streets. There's a street code that people live by. But for me, I could never understand how people like, I know you mentioned Tupac, but like one person that comes to mind is is honestly like Chris Brown. The nigga, he, he claims blood and stuff. Like, why would you do that once you make, I, I never, I never understood that. I, I guess the psychology behind that is everybody wants to be a part of something. But for me, it's like, you've already made it out. 
why would you then like subscribe to promoting something like that? And well, I just want to open that, up this conversation. So I think to that point, specifically about the Chris Brown piece, but just in general, the idea of supporting a gang or supporting a group once you've made it, mm-hmm. it I think you oversimplify it if you just assume that because uh, you know, because Snoop Dogg does this or because Chris Brown does this and he supports this gang or this thing, that you instantly assume the one thing associated with that gang. Like Bloods and Crips are known for, you know, maybe their gang violence, but that's not all they do, right? Like gangs mm-hmm. were created for a completely that's different true, reason in neighborhoods, right? Gangs mm-hmm. in some ways protect people. They're supposed to be, you know, in some ways the protectors of neighborhoods. That's obviously changed a lot, but that's mm-hmm. the initial reason. And there's definitely still gangs that are very protective of their neighborhoods, of their kids, of their families in the area. And so when you associate that, you know, John Moran is associating with this gang or with this kind of behavior, and we simplify that as just, it's a negative, you you paint a certain picture for how people are going to look at it, right? And that's what's happening is that you see Jaw with a gun, and you immediately assume A, B, and C as to why he's doing that um, and, and what his motivations are. What would without... be an assumption that you think someone makes with that? Mm-hmm. Well, well, put context to it. He wasn't just wielding a weapon. Yeah. He wasn't at the shooting range. He was in a car dancing on Instagram Live with the gun. There was a no, young boy. There was, yeah, it's a young boy. That's very, that, that portrays a very strict image. It's not like right. when other people might say, oh, I'm going hunting. Or, oh, I'm at the gun range or I picked up this rifle. Where it's like there's people taking safety precautions and doing so. Like, this just looks really lackadaisical and really nonchalant and, like, carefree. After already getting in trouble for it. After already getting in trouble for it. And I think that it's compounding in that nature. If it was just an instance on its own, I completely would say, would agree that too. But we got to look at it, like, with everything under the scope. But also to speak to what? Everybody's been saying because all of y'all are dropping knowledge. Everybody's dropping good points. Um, I, I put it back to um, you talked about the way that people looked at you, Rashawn, and I, I and you talked about media. And it makes me think about just the stereotypes and just put put on my Susan X hat. Uh, shout out to Susan X, uh, we lock professor, who would talk about the stereotypes uh, that were portrayed in the media. And the only the stereotypes that were portrayed are the roles that they were allowed only allowed black people to play. Right now, I'm talking about black men, so I'm going to talk about the black men stereotypes. There's tons of other stereotypes, tons of other ethnic groups, but I'm talking about black men right now. So there's the savage and the sambo. The savage and the sambo are two stereotypes that have been pushed since race, since slavery, Jim Crow. Those images and those archetypes have been pushed through our media and into our pop culture lexicon. So when we see that image, those image of the savage and the brute, the savage, the brute, and Sambo, those are the things that I see that has permeated through um, time and is still with us to this day and what people portray when I think of that gangster or thug image, quote unquote. And that thing has been taken by us as we do with a lot of stuff um, because we're only allowed to portray it a certain way. Our people figured out a way how to make money off of it. And that's also the only way that white people allowed black people to be portrayed. They wouldn't let them be portrayed as that lawyer. They don't want to see that doctor, the judge. That's why Bill Bill Cosby, uh, sorry to bring him up, but that's why the Cosby show was such a big deal. 
because mm-hmm. he was a doctor and his wife was a lawyer. You don't see mm-hmm. that. You didn't see that. Well, even just is a huge th- thing. My fault. It's I didn't mean huge, to cut no, you. Even, even though the numbers, even though the numbers mm-hmm. are much more and more likely for people to achieve through that stuff um, than going to the league. Like Rashawn, I remember when we were doing a, a program, uh, we would get kids to go to that program and say, if you do this program, there's a 96% chance that you get your master's degree, which puts you in a certain tax bracket where you're making over six figures. 96% chance versus that what, 6% chance if you go to the NBA. And kids didn't even want to do that. Right. Kids, we couldn't even get kids to sign up for that. So it's like these images that have been portrayed and the stereotypes that have been put out um, have really taken a hold, a chokehold on what, what's going on. And then I have more to wrap up with part two on that, but I'm going to let Trev go in. Uh, go ahead. Um, I just wanted to like touch base on the, um, the, the Sambo piece because I feel like a lot of people, they hear that and they know it's racially charged, but they don't yeah. know like the definition or anything. And there's a few definitions um, from dictionary.com. Um, one is the offspring of a Negro and an Indian. It's crazy. It actually mm. says Negro, but I mean, I digress. Um, the offspring of a black person and a mulatto. So I think that that's, a, I feel like that's a term that you were using more. So like the, the fair skin, the house nigga, basically. Mm-hmm. Would, would you agree? I don't want to put words in your mouth. Well, also, also Sambo, the Sambo that I'm thinking the definition of is like, the jokester, the clown, the guy. Okay, who, that's the, the third one right here. Yeah, so go ahead. It says, sometimes the offspring of a black person and a mulatto, formerly used colloquially or with humorous intent, but now considered offensive by racist or racist by African-Americans. So yeah, the last part. Mm. So yeah. someone who makes white people feel comfortable and then someone yeah. who is solely themselves. Yeah. Sambo's a trauma response to a lot of black folks. Navigating. I was going to say, yo, honestly, yeah. I, I was a Sambo. Me too. Hate to say it, but yeah. You remember when I did my work, D, um, at, at that mm-hmm. um, that men's retreat, and like that's kind of what I was talking about. Yeah. So it 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 is like it's psychological. Yo, you cut out, bro. You cut out. Psychological trauma. It's bad. It's, it's psychologically ingrained in us. Mm-hmm. So it's deep. It's deep, 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 and we see how it affects our culture today. But I do think why we praise certain people and not others breaks down into that lane of what people do. And mm. I think entertainment, because people want to see that, people have been wanting to see the sample, people have wanted to see the brute, since minstrel shows. People want to see that. People want to see black people be entertaining, no mm. matter how detrimental it is to themselves or their people. That doesn't matter because it's removed from them, right? right. So they'll watch that, they'll glorify that. They say, go do that over there because that keeps everybody over there. So that gets gassed up. But people don't really address it that much. Whereas when you look at athletes now, when you see that behavior, that starts to affect other things that don't necessarily correlate with your performance at your job. Mm. Being a certain way, projecting a certain image as a rapper might benefit you financially. But being a certain way and and, uh, putting out a certain image um, or lack of consciousness, whatever you want to call it, when you are in a position that NBA players are in now is a lot more head scratching to me because that doesn't need to happen. But I understand that there's something much more tied to our history and past that's going on. And it doesn't just happen with basketball players and rappers. 
it happens with all of us. And as you mm-hmm. said, Trev, you went through that. I think Rashawn, you said you've gone through that. Mm-hmm. I've gone through that. It's also it's a response to it's like when I'm in a situation with white people or when I'm in a situation where I don't know, I know I have to act a certain way. Because if I don't, something could happen. So I have to play into a certain role. And I can see how when people play into that role, that just becomes what it is. That's the truth. That's the reality. And then it becomes, and you add money, drugs, and alcohol, not saying that's what's happening with these people, but you add those things to the mix when you add, when you add money to it, then it becomes a dangerous concoction. Mm. Yeah, because that money brings opportunity and spotlight, yeah. so... Well, and what the money also does is it brings like criticism. As soon as you make money, you're fair game to be critiqued for everything you do. And I, I think, I think, do you made a really good point? You kind of changed my perspective on this. But what hasn't changed is still my issue with the kind of media attention that Jaw is getting for this. And I don't want to excuse the behavior, but I do think a lot of it comes from the average everyday person feeling like they can critique every single thing that a millionaire does because solely they're a millionaire separating anything else that would have to do with it yeah you're not critiquing a person you're critiquing a millionaire yeah and it's honestly just me ranting about this right now makes me think unless you have experienced something like this then there's nothing that you can really speak about to it i understand everybody what what do you mean experience something like this as as a black person i don't want to take the ownership of this only and say we're the only ones who can experience this or we're the only ones who can talk on it. No, everybody can talk about it. That's how ideas need to get shared. It needs to be a discussion forum. People can talk. But I'm saying we have an innate understanding of what that young man's going through. Mm. Like, I could have been Jai at one point. You know what I'm saying? I, I haven't gone and waved a gun on Instagram and stuff, but I've done some pretty stupid shit at some point. Now, I'm lucky, like Kareem said, I'm lucky I'm not famous and no one had a camera on me. Right. Mm-hmm. And but at the same time, they're also also because we have that innate understanding, there needs to be a level of accountability from black men as well. We need to hold that man accountable. As an NBA player, you sign a morality clause and you know what you can and cannot do. Trev, you did city in. I did city in. When we signed that paper, we could not go to a liquor store with our city year jersey on, our city year jacket on. Correct? Thanks. But that's all that right. In the that's all right. As an American, we can go buy liquor. Why can't I go on my city here? Why, why can't I go on my city here? Right? You can't do it. I can't sign a petition. I couldn't go vote if I'm wearing my city here. Gear. There's stuff that I gave up because I signed up to do city here. So there's stuff that you sacrifice when you signed up for that position to play in the NBA. And now I said I wasn't going to talk about John Moran. And now I'm back on John Moran. But I do think that it's different for him. There needs to be both sides of the spectrum with him. Mm. and understanding what this young man is going through um, and what other people like him are going through because there's a bunch of kids that look up to him and think that there's nothing that's wrong with what's happening. And I'm not saying that he needs to be given a pass. I'm not saying he needs to be celebrated, but in that same breath, like Mook like brought up, other people championed Tupac for the way that he was, um, for the way, for the stuff that he was doing when some of that also was very performative, mm. right? And it's just the different lens that we look at it because one's an entertainer and one's uh, one's, a, one's a basketball player. One one and had also, a message though, and and that's true. Yeah, and then it's, absolutely. One has a message, and but the problem with with this now is that Jai, whatever Jai has done, because he has done stuff, 
is being overshadowed. Wherever he's done in terms of working with the community is being overshadowed by all of this other stuff. Dedicating the so, sneakers to his daughter, girl dad. Yeah, it's, it's been overshadowed. But I think that's why Tupac, Tupac gets the pass on that because he has a message with it. That's crazy that people of that life, they also are doing other things that are impacting the community positively that we don't know about. So maybe that's why some people get the pass on that end because people know about the work that they do. When I think to that point, D, like people that are directly or indirectly affected by that person have a completely different view from people that are um, completely not affected by them. So like the average everyday person who has had no interaction with Jaw or anything Jaw is connected with have a different perspective from people who live in Memphis and have seen the work he's done in the communities. Therefore, they have a different viewpoint on what he's doing right now. And maybe their base point of I'm still disappointed in him is there, but there's a difference in that disappointment and what their um, reaction and then expectation is, as opposed to some random guy in, you know, Kentucky or LA who just sees a 23-ish black kid holding a gun in the car and having an instant um, thought about what he's doing and why he's doing it. Those are completely different things, right? So like to your point, the interactions and the influences those people have made, Tupac has made, Jaw has made, whoever, then influence how people look at it and how they choose to, to feel about what they're doing. Yeah, so everyone's individual bias. Yeah, I mean, Tupac- Very much movement. so. Tupac was a movement, basically. Like, thug life, the hate you give, that's a movement. Like, he changed people's lives who never even met him. I mean, in in a way that's per, that's persisted through generations. So it's going to be right. hard to to speak on what Tupac has done and, and why he Do gets you, propped up in a way. But the the done. the point that I made on that wasn't about what Tupac had done. Obviously, I'm not going to compare impacts of what Tupac did to John Morant. It was just <laughs> it was just the actions that they've done where it's like okay i feel like sometimes obviously tupac's persona was a lot different but it was a lot of situations i felt tupac did portray somebody that he really wasn't in terms of a lot of it a lot of the the last portions of his life when he went over to death row was where you really could see that change and i don't want to blame suge knight influence or whatever like that because obviously at the end of the day he's a man who made his own decision but a lot of the stuff that happened towards the end of his life, I felt it was him portraying somebody he was not just because of the people he was around. I compare it similar to, uh, this is a terrible comparison, but I compare it similar to how we viewed 6 9 in that whole situation where it was like, he wasn't actually about that life. It was just the people he was around made him feel comfortable in being that. Mm. That's why I said, I, I everyone can't knew that he was a gimmick though. Yeah, well, I'm saying, I'm talking the, about the, perso- the persona he tried to per se off, like, okay, if I'm with these people and stuff like that, you know, people will give me credibility for, for, for being about this life, which, you know, most of us took it, yeah, most of us took it as a joke anyway. I don't think any, I don't know anybody that took it for what he was doing was serious. That's why when him coming out and snitching people and stuff did. like that, I was, no, yeah, yeah, people definitely thought he was for real, unfortunately. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I thanks. thought, it, I thought it was, I thought it was gimmick the whole time. Like I was like, I'm like this dude has colorful hair. Like I don't think he's a gangster. Yeah. I mean, he's like, even said that he sucks at rapping. So yeah, 
but he makes catchy music, so I'll give it to him. Hey, get how you get how you living. But that was the purpose I was making on it because I was like, to be honest, I look at somebody like Nipsey or somebody like, you know, um, what's Lamar, the, Jackson. What's the Lamar Jackson or Marshawn Lynch, Marcus Peters, like guys like that where you like, you know, like they're really about that life, but they don't go out there and just promote it every chance they you get. You think Lamar's about that life? I, I think he's from Absolutely. that life. I think he's about that life. Uh, Deshaun I, Jackson. That's a good. That's a good one. Deshaun. Deshaun Jackson. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like amazing career. He, he lost. He lost. He lost his money because Chip Kelly was like, "Yeah, we got to get rid of you <laughs> because of the the company you keep around." Michael mm-hmm. Vick. The Michael Vick. The same exact way. Allen Iverson. The same exact way. Hey, Where it's like, it. you know, it's people that were like. <laughs> he said he's a goon. That's, <laughs> no, that's he said a good, good one. one. Oh, yeah. but you <laughs> know, people like that, where it's like, okay, they they're really about that, like, but they don't need to go out here and promote that. You know, that's what I. I mean, if John Morant is from that, whatever. If he's on that, that's perfectly fine with me. But I think the said, difference. What, what do you mean if? Like if John that's, if is that's not, it's, I don't it's know fact, John. He's not okay. He's not. Well, I didn't know enough about his background. I just just saw the the it's a fact. The two parents. Because I just don't know anything about South Carolina to be know enough to know where he's from. But I don't again, think, I don't even. I mean, he could be from the neighborhood. He could be yeah. from the neighborhood, but he doesn't necessarily have to be a, about that life. I mean, we say this. I think somebody brought it up. It was like Ice Cube was, you know, from that from that area, but he wasn't necessarily out there yeah, game yeah. banging and slinging dope. But I mean, you you could be a reporter right. on, you know, I know dudes that rap that about getting, that was getting mixy in Springfield. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like you can find like you, it if you look for it. Yeah, you associate with who you associate. Like you're, right. you're the the like having two parents in your house maybe influences some of your decisions, but you're still gonna be friends with the people you're friends right. with. Right, exactly. Part of that yeah. is based geographically. The other part of it is who you connect with. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's like he very much could have been involved in that life, maybe not about that life, and depending on how you define that. But yeah. like it's not crazy for me to think that he knew people that were really in the gang, really in the streets doing that stuff. And maybe he more associated with those people and their views than people that he met at his prep schools or private schools or AAU tournaments. Like that's not the issue. Like I, well, I guess well, the, the issue is just decision making. But, but I mean, no. Nah, but speaking of his parents, his mom be putting him in bad situations. His who? His mom. His mom puts him in bad situations. How oh yeah. How, yeah. How so? I know about the, so his, the his, his store mom, one. Yeah, the mall. His, his mom got an alter, er, argument at the mall with the finish line guy, and then they called mm-hmm. his son to come handle it. And then when they they didn't handle it in the store, they, they went out to the parking lot to wait for him and the security guard and threatened them, saying, "I'm gonna find out when you get off." And that all happened because the mom called. Him. Then at the sisters' uh, volleyball game, the people were chanting that John Moran sisters cheering her cheering her badly or booing her. And then the mom calls John Moran saying, "Come handle these dudes." And then they come and then another altercation pursues. It's like, why do you keep calling your son to get into these situations? Yeah, that's- see, and that's the that's the unfortunate thing too. I mean, it's really you you really operate or become, you know, the company that you keep, right? And Ja has all this money. He got the keys to the kingdom of Memphis, right? He got this big contract, he got the Nike deal. At some point, you know. There got to be somebody in his ear, like, listen, bro. Like, you know, when that when that video surfaced, maybe this conversation happened. But we're having a we're having an internal team meeting. All right, who leaked the video? 
Who did this? Ah, right, yeah, out, yeah. Out well, even you know what I'm saying? Nobody leaked the video. It was on live. His boy tried to I, okay, put so like, the I mean, second. Okay, 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 okay. So I mean, that's, that's besides the point. Well, but that, yeah, exactly. That's and, and and for me, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like you said, he. I don't want to. I don't want to have to give him excuses because then I feel like the white people that give you know excuses to the the white kids that commit mass shootings, right? So right. for me, it's just it's one of those situations where it's like. But I mean, yeah. That's I mean, it's I just one. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, no, no. But I'm just saying, like at at the end of the day, the dude, he he's living life larger than life. He got access to everything, right, Mister Untouchable. But at at the end of the day, there has to be somebody in this corner to be like, "Yo, bro, like you you're really fucking up the bag." Like I don't know if what his what, fu- can you tell, what can you tell him if he is the bag? But that's what I'm saying. Like I don't. What can you I, tell him? I, I, he me, has nobody like, in his corner. The, this that's what I'm saying. If they're, at the end all, of the day, like it's all yes men. Yeah, I, but at the end of the day, your your parents shouldn't be enabling you to do dumb no, shit. And and I mean, and it's, and it's and it's evident, and it's evident based off of if if that stuff is true with his mom saying, "Yo, come handle this," then he's he's thinking that he has to rescue, and now he has this money. He's he's the one that can handle shit. You know what I'm saying? So if your mom's looking at you to resolve certain solutions or to to, to be that problem solver, then I mean, this is this is what we're going to see over and over again. But like, yo, if if he has the relationship that he has with his dad, I'm in his ear like, bro, what what are we doing? Like, you you got like, come I'm on just now. saying he might not listen. He might tell his dad, "F out of here. I'm torted up. What are you gonna do about it? Yeah, I'm that's cut your true. allowance off." Yeah, you want courtside tickets? I'm, I'm no cut courtside tickets. We cutting those. Yeah, I should have let LeBron well, and, and so, slap you up. And, yeah, and for that, like, how much do you? How much blame does Ja get as a 24 year old kid still, 24 year old young adult, when mom is doing stuff like that? Like, and, and that's what I'm saying. Where like we see videos and and D, you made a good point. You want to take all of it in, but like we we can't take all of it in. We're always gonna get a, a piece of it and have to react from that. And part of that is just what we do as anybody in the media is just everyday people but i think people need to be able to take a step back and recognize like i know 10 percent of what is actually going on and if jaw's mom is influenced if jaw's friends are influencing if like you can't really make any belief or have any real accurate opinion about this it's just how you feel based on your experiences which is fine but don't bash this dude for the decisions he's making without fully recognizing what's coming from those decisions like you guys all just spoke about trauma and stereotypes and culture and how much that plays into it people aren't thinking about that stuff and like that's no, the frustrating I wasn't thing even is, thinking about that until this episode right and so like these conversations are what helps people to think about that but the issue is 90 percent of people on social media are just seeing a black dude waving a gun who's a millionaire and then saying he's wrong he's this he's that you know suspend him do this like it's only a problem because he's a basketball player. Otherwise, like he would just be, it would be a normal flex. And that's my point, T. That's what I feel like is Mm. this is not an issue for any other kid in America who's involved in gangs or is, you know, on IG doing whatever. That was my point, Rain, is that when you signed up, that was my point about the city of story. That me, me and Trev, when we that you, yeah, here, that you have to give up certain responsibilities up for, for doing yeah. that. I, I, I agree with yeah. that to a certain degree, but it, it goes into like when you start character trashing people, where that like crosses a line. Like he's he's breaking parts of his contract. It sounds like by doing this, and that's an issue he needs to be held accountable for. But anybody you know questioning him beyond that, 
is is just looking to well and his integrity, cause problems. His integrity is his integrity is definitely in question. His integrity and accountability is in question. You Why is his integrity in question? Because we already got we already got in, in trouble. Didn't he come up with a speech saying complain uh saying he was sorry yeah, and he, stuff? He sat he sat down with Jalen Rose, bleached hair Jalen Rose, and said that he was sorry and that he learned his lesson and that he wants to be better. Said that he went to a facility in Florida that you're supposed to be at for six weeks was there for seven days, and then <laughs> served the rest of his eight game suspension, which I think was a couple weeks, and then came back, and then more than two seconds later, or a couple weeks later, he gets in trouble again, doing the same thing he just said he learned his lesson about. So that's why his integrity is in question. Adam Silver sat across from him, talked to him, and said, "Yo, you can't do that." He said, "I understand. I'm not going to do it again." And then he did it again online. I actually kind of can relate to John Moran a little bit now that I'm thinking about it. Um, not so with a gun or anything like that, but my <laughs> my Specify sophomore team. year, Specify. Yeah. <laughs> my sophomore year of college, like I, I went my first year, I was smoking weed in my dorm, I was drinking, never got caught, everything was fine. So my second year, beginning school didn't even start yet, and I had I had a party for like all the freshmen that were moving in. I had a couple homies that were already coming to college. Do a big party, got in trouble. So you think I was like, all right, cool down. Now I'm like, all right, I'm just moving different now. I'm gonna just change it up a little bit. Then I was, what was like, oh yeah, I was outside with people, had a beer outside, like outside my dorm, like walking around. And then I put it down to go sell weed to somebody. And then I put it down right in front of the RA's office. And I don't know what I was thinking. I was just like enthralled with the fact that like I felt untouchable. Like, oh, I got caught one time. I know how to move mm. next time. Did everything, still got in trouble two times for alcohol violations. It's wild. You know, it's funny. It's funny that you say that now because I can actually, you know, Darius and I can definitely relate to that. But I mean, I mean, that's that's a really good um, example to you because now put money into that situation, put two hundred million dollars into that situation, right? Like, and social media and eyes on exactly. And, and, and yeah, not to mention you got all these eyes on you now because your job Morant or, you know, you, you are who you are. So people are, are looking to get a piece of you, right? They're looking to record you and, oh shit, I just so happened to do dumb shit. Why'd you do that again? I don't know. I just felt like I needed to do it. You know what I'm saying? Did we just have a conversation? Listen, I was half listening to you. I mean, it could, it could be just as simple as that, but yet he is who he is. And now it's a bigger situation, right? Like, the seriousness of this situation is sinking in because of, like you said, D, you know, y'all worked that city. It is certain shit that you couldn't do, but oh, damn, I wasn't even thinking about that in the heat of the moment because I am who I am and I got all this money and I'm popular as fuck. Mm. No, nah, that was a good example, T. You, you know what? About some shit. <laughs> LeBron needs to put on a master class about how to not get in trouble in the NBA. He'd, he'd make another billion uh, LeBron, dollars. Right LeBron now. has Ray Donovan on, on retainer, I swear. <laughs> oh, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a couple pictures on. That's yeah, what you he need, a couple does. pictures. And people just last week, just everybody, I know I'm the old head now. I'm turning 30 in a month. Stay off of social Damn. media, please. Please, just stay off of social media. Like, I, I see some... Some of my scholars that I used to work with, they'd be going on live at their college parties. I call them, I say, yo, get off the live. Why are you on why are you on live at a party? Enjoy the party. Nobody needs to see what you're doing right now. 
You're just no, and, building and your evidence for you. Mental illness. And, that, and that's that's what it is, bro. And, and honestly, for any Boston police officer, it's it's a layup for them because they're just putting timestamps together in terms of, oh, this motherfucker. Hold on. Go back. Yeah, we got him. You know what I'm saying? It's just that simple. If something it, does pop off, like you really set yourself up for being scapegoated or stereotyped, even if you didn't do anything, just because like, like you, you do I, it I get I get right. it. Like I have I have Instagram, I have Snapchat, I like taking pictures, post where I'm at, oh look at this cool thing I'm doing. But like what why? When you like if mm. I can't fathom it, my, my old brain can't fathom it. Why there's this need to post this post stuff like this on social media. No one and a lot of rappers, a lot of rappers have died and got caught up. But got caught up by oppositions because of posting shit on Instagram and posting their locations too. So I mean, you're right. It's a disease, and it goes back to Mook's point around instant gratification. I I just have yeah. to do this in the heat of the moment because everybody's looking at me. And then unfortunately, this costs you know a young man his life because he got a beef with somebody. But in that split second, he just felt the need to just give a clue as to where the hell he was, and he's dead. You know what I'm saying? That's just how very real. That's how very real a lot of this shit is. Yeah. Well, damn. Speaking of shootings. Oh, whoa. No, I was playing. Revere. Yeah, yo. Yo, is that kid still on the loose? He's done. His ass is done. You can hear the video. They're like, "Oh, yep, great shorts. That's him." Yep, he's done. He's done. Man. Yeah, what was that? Like what a police stakeout or something? He's watching. Yeah. <laughs> now, let's wrap it up. We'll tell the good people where to find us and make sure you do, uh, our socials are switched. You can find us at. Oh wait, I don't even know what the new social is now. See, this is what D does. This is what D does, yo. D, say the shit, yo. Stop telling the people to say it. Yo, I gotta look for it. I gotta look for it. Hold on. You can find us at Dots Up dot podcast on instagram mm. and as luke always says tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to give us a listen and you won't be disappointed and it's been another episode of dot